Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And it is my passion to address topics each week that I think you might find interesting and based on some feedback that I've received from the audience. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Mary Chickanisi, owner and principal consultant of Dynamic Connections, a company that focuses on engagement and energized work through positive business practices. She also is an educate. Let me start that over. She also is an executive education affiliate for the University of Michigan, collaborating with the Center for Positive Organizations, and the author of "You Can Create Positive Change at Work," a book that is set to release very soon next week, I believe. She is passionate about empowering leaders to create a positive work environment and culture. Thanks for joining us today, Mary. It is my pleasure, Casey. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Absolutely. So I just want to mention that we're big fans of the Center for Positive Organizations, and we've actually had one of your co-workers on the show already. So Dr. Wayne Baker, who was a fan favorite. So, Yes, Wayne's office is actually down the hall from mine. That is awesome. I'm going to have to make a trip out there someday just to see all you guys. I think that would be so much fun. So... So first, the first question I'd like to ask before we dig into the meat of this topic is, how did we get connected? Oh, well, um, I believe last month I attended Frank Egan's networking hub for the first time and was just blown away by all the people on there and all the different things they do. And I felt like I was with a group of like-minded people. Absolutely. And I believe you were in my breakout group, weren't you? And I believe so. Yeah. And then a quick one-on-one and I decided, wow, our audience really needs to hear what she has to say. This is pretty incredible. And that's what I love about the networking hub or whichever organization you might choose to support and become a part of. You have to really be dedicated to that organization. You can't just go once and expect magic to happen. You've got to keep going and keep going and keep going. Um, but I think it's so important to emphasize connections and networking. So that's why I asked that question at the beginning of every show. So thank you for that. So now let's move on to you. So tell us about the work you do. What inspired you to start Dynamic Connections and how do you serve others today through that? Well, that's a really good question. And I thank you for, for asking me. Um, It was about 14 years ago that I started giving presentations around the campus of the University of Michigan on Professor Jane Dutton's work on high quality connections. Mm. And after about 10 years of doing this, some areas in Southeast Michigan, but mostly at the University of Michigan, a couple of people, including Jane, suggested that you know, I should really just go on my own and see where I can take the company. And so I have been on a journey for the last four years with the company. I created, um, co-created a deck of cards 
for making high quality connections with a co-author in Australia. And as you mentioned, yes, I have a book coming out with another co-author who uh, works at the Eastern, excuse me, is a professor at Eastern Michigan University. And so my goal is just to be able to reach the masses. Mm. There are so many things out there for CEOs and directors and supervisors, but there's nothing for staff. How can we help staff live a better life at work? We spend more of our waking hours there than we do anywhere else. Even during COVID, we may be home, but we still have to work. And every time we have interactions with people, that affects what we do and how we do it. And so, yes, I am passionate about helping, especially the little guy. <laughs> I can see that you're very passionate about that. You know, we were just having that conversation today um, during a client lunch about you know, because, you know, I place people in jobs for a living. That's what I do. And I, it's never my goal to place them somewhere where they're going to hate their life because of their job, because we do spend so much time, you know, with our coworkers and with, you know, at work. So you want that to be an environment that you look forward to going to. I love the studio that I record in. Their motto is, thank God it's Monday. I love it. Isn't that awesome? I love it. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. and I, you know, I see it every time I come up here because everybody's so friendly and engaged and just, you know, it would be a good company to model for sure. So. Oh, absolutely. So, and okay, so let's talk about our job seekers because that's primarily who our audience consists of, okay? Mm -hmm. So, yes. and then we're going to dig in a little bit deeper into those dynamic connections, but, and, and, but you talk a lot about company culture too. So. When a job seeker is interviewing for a job, what is one piece of advice you could give when it comes to looking for red flags in the company culture? I mean, what kind of questions should you ask in an interview regarding the culture? You know, in, in the book, we talk about the importance of mission, vision, and values. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to find out if your values align with the company's mission, vision, and values, all right? Um, uh, what are the company norms and expectations? Are employees empowered to be creative? Are employees encouraged to work together to help each other succeed? Um, I think those things are really important questions to ask, but it's also observing how are people treated? If you're in an interview uh, or you're in a company and you go to a physical interview, who's, how are like upper echelon people treating the receptionist? Mm, good point. Uh, that tells me a lot about a company because your title should not matter. You are a person there contributing and doing your work. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, I went to um, a couple of, instances. I've got some really great clients, but the, I remember this one, it was a scrap metal company, right? Big yard, you know, the scrap metal everywhere. It's like a boy's dream, right? All the tinker toys, the automobile shredder, those kind mm -hmm. of things. And the CEO and founder took my uh, business partner and I on a tour on a golf cart. And they have about 200 people that work there that are on site, right? Every person he passed by, he called them by name and asked them something about their family. <gasps> Oh, I love it. Every I single love person. It. 
Exactly. And then I think another real good indication of culture during an interview is, um, you know, one of my other clients, they do this and it's great. They will have you interview with two people at a time from the team. Then they have you do a second interview with two people from another team. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. that speaks volumes. Yes, absolutely. I, I totally agree. Um, I, I want to go back to one thing, though. I think it's important for your listeners to, to know is that I work at the University of Michigan and I've been there for 33 years, but my role is the coordinator of a research center. It has absolutely nothing to do with what I uh, do in my business. It's totally opposite. I work on grants and I work on budgets and book editing and event planning. And I have start. I started from the ground up. And so that's why I'm so passionate about making sure that the, the, the hidden person has tools to help them thrive at work. I think that's beautiful. And I think it's important. I don't think any one person is more important than another in an office. We're all important. We're all people. We're all human beings. So I really, really respect what you just said there. Um, so one of your areas of expertise, though, is supportive communication. Mm -hmm. What are some ways a person can address a problem or give constructive criticism without putting a strain on the relationship or yeah. causing a lot of problems? Um, I love supportive communication. And one of the things that is primary if you're going to have supportive communication is what is called the positivity ratio. Mm. The positivity ratio means that every person has a minimum of three positive statements made to them for every negative statement. It's actually closer to five to one, but people are so blown away with this. We, we try to kind of guide them into it and start with three to one, because when you get positive affirmation, it's not just once a year during your review. This needs to be on a constant basis, observing, complimenting, asking questions like the gentleman you just mentioned in the golf cart. Those things help people feel valued. So if you want to be able to help someone grow and give them some negative information, they're going to be more inclined to listen to you because they know that you're doing it because you care, not because you're just out to get them. Do you believe in the sandwich method? Like yes. good, good, yes. bad, good, maybe. Yes, but to be honest, very modified. Okay. okay. And and I'm saying modified because you really need to have the positivity or positivity ratio first. Okay. Then when you go to have the sandwich method conversation, again, the person isn't feeling like they are um, being put down or chastised because you've already developed a trusting relationship with them. So then when you sit down with them and you talk to them and you say, you know, I've noticed this lately. Can you tell me what's going on? You know, and and then, all right, so how can we work together to have a better outcome for everybody? You know, it's just that way of working together, addressing an issue, but doing it in a way that isn't, um, isn't, 
unkind. Right. So I have a question. So you're talking about the three to one ratio, the positivity ratio. Is this something you're doing at the same time or is this be like I drop a compliment today or I drop something positive the next day and then the next day and then you kind of build up that credit for when you need to drop that negative one or? It's, it's like Stephen Covey's emotional bank account. Okay. okay. You constantly make a deposit so that when you need to take a withdrawal and have a conversation about something that needs to be corrected or changed, you've already got all the chips in the bank. Absolutely. And I love that. Um, and I want to go back to something you said earlier, because you're like, you were like, you know, just say good job or something like that. I can tell you and a lot of people that I know that you don't need to give me more money. You don't need to give me more um, responsibility, although I'll take it. I'll, you won't have to give it to me. I will take it. But all I ever want is good job, Casey. And I will move mountains for you. Yep. It's because what's more important to money than money, even though we have to have money to live on. Sure. Okay. What's more important for an employee is to feel valued and to feel like they're making a contribution to the whole. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why the mission, vision, and values and making sure they align are really important. My co-author, Kim, when she was um, applying for her job as a professor at Eastern Michigan University, she went through the whole series of making sure she figured out and looked up what were the mission, vision, and values of the university. Did they align with hers? And they did, and she is just passionate about teaching there and loves it. But she went and made sure she did her homework first. So what do you do if the company doesn't have their values posted? Um, I would ask. Okay, just ask during the interview? I would. Yeah, I would just ask, say, I, I'm curious to know if I'm going to make a contribution. I really would like to know what the company stands for. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, we're VIP, my company that so graciously lets me get away with having a podcast, you know, <laughs> um, I think that they, even though it's not a stated value, it comes through loud and clear and everything that they do. And that's give value first. You know, and for me, that's my number one internal rule. Give value first. Mm -hmm. You know, the money will follow, but give value first. And all the people that I've trained over the years, that's what I tell them. You know, I mean, in recruiting, you know, it's a commission job. And yep. I'm like, but if you put those people first and you put their livelihoods and if they're going to be happy in that job or not first, it's going to pay dividends because when they get to be a hiring manager, they're going to come back to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So absolutely. It's it's connections mean more than anything else. Yeah. Oh, I would hundred percent agree. And and going back to how we met, Frank Agan is probably one of the best connectors in the world. So for those of you listening, if you have not connected with him on LinkedIn, he is always open to connect and have a conversation and he is somebody you need to know. So there you go. You've heard him I mentioned. Couldn't, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. So your new book is just full of tools that are going to help employers um, in any position make a difference in creating that more engaging workplace. But what does that mean to have an engaging workplace? And what are the benefits? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I'll tell you why. Because when you when you live and work in academia, a lot of times I, I switch 
words for things to put them in the day-to-day -day so that it makes it easier for us to understand. But as far as an engaging workplace, it's, it's a workplace you can go in in the morning and you're happy to be there. Mm -hmm. You get up in the morning and you want to go to work. You're not sitting there going, what's the latest I can get in there and be okay and not get into trouble. It's you're excited because you know that you're going to get to use your talents, your strengths, your gifts to the better whole of the organization. The more connected we are, the more benefits there are to us. Research shows that uh, these interactions increase our thinking and learning, build resilience, promote job satisfaction, improve physiological and psychological health. This is all the research of Professor Jane Dutton. There's, she's got like at least 10 lists, or I mean a, a list of 10 bulleted items that are all backed by research. When you're in these high quality connections, these are the benefits. There's also benefits for a team mm -hmm. and benefits for an organization as a whole. The team becomes more um, creative, more adaptable. The organization has more uh, retention and job satisfaction. So these connections end up being a real serious key to having a workplace where people feel valued. I love that we're talking about connections. And I have to tell you, I am just, I mean, you've met me once, but we had a really good conversation, you know, and I, this is what gets me out of bed in the morning is like, who can I connect today? You know, but not only that, forming those connections at work, because just like you said, you want that, um, that interaction and you gave us some statistics there on what happens when you have that engaged workplace. and. Again, I don't mean to just keep bragging on VIP, but I'm going to. I mean, we we are a sales team, and normally you see a lot of strife and chaos on a sales team. We do not operate like that. We operate like every deal is everybody's deal, and we all help each other, and we all work together and you know, really strive to move the company forward. And so I just want to give a shout out to my VIP team right now and tell you, you guys rock. So... <laughs> You know, and I appreciate you sharing that because that's really important to your team, yeah. to everybody. It doesn't matter what their title is. The fact is that you all work together to produce. Absolutely. And that's, that's what, you know, that's when the magic happens. Yeah, and, and not just, you know, to produce, but at the end of the day, serve our clients mm -hmm. and serve them in the best way we possibly can. And we can't do that when there's a lot of infighting. I've seen what that looks like, you know. Um, it's not the recruiter that loses, it's the client or the candidate, right? Because yeah. of the game. So I really love that that's not the mentality or the work ethic that we have at VIP. It's really amazing. So if you want to come work for us, again, shameless plug, we're hiring. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. Yes, very kind of you. <laughs> All right. So based on your many years of research, what is one thing all companies should or could do to increase retention and and what have what have you found that makes the employees happy um yeah it's as we mentioned earlier it's more about feeling valued it's being looked at as a person one of the stories in the book talks about this uh, new director that was hired and he the company usually hired from within but this time they hired from without 
there were like 110 people in this uh, department and within the first 90 days he wanted to meet with each one of them it didn't matter their status their role or anything he wanted to know what they did what were their goals and how could he help them wow yeah yeah that is what makes employees happy I could not agree more. And I think now, I hadn't read that story yet, but now that you just mentioned it, my story earlier was spot on mm -hmm. about yes. the CEO and the golf cart. <laughs> Absolutely. It was of the same genre. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting when I'm talking to employees or potential employees, my job seekers, I try to be able to give them that information before the interview because, you know, my job is to help them find a job they're going to love. And I can't do that if I don't know the companies, right? To the best of my ability. But I still encourage them to ask those open-ended questions once they get in there, just like you're doing in the book, to make sure that it's a good fit. You're, the job seeker is interviewing the company just as much as the company's interviewing them. And yes. so don't it, forget that. A, right, it's a different model than 40 years ago, 30 years ago, even 20 years ago. The model today is much more about an equal partnership. Yes. And especially, you know, coming out of the pandemic, mm -hmm. we are seeing that a lot of these people had time to reflect on what they really, really wanted. And it wasn't working 60 hours a week. Yeah. It was more family time. It was more collaboration. It was, you know, being recognized, being challenged, but still, I don't want to, maybe being loved or appreciated. Mm -hmm. And yes. they're demanding that. It is abs I'm seeing I've seen such a shift in the way that candidates are responding to job offers and to open opportunities right now. It's amazing. So. Yes. Yes. Totally, totally understand. Yeah. Um, so I know I love that you believe in the power of high connections and or high quality connections and that that's something you're passionate about. I'm passionate about that. So what is the definition of a high quality connection in your eyes and how can they help you move your career to in the right direction? All right, so um, in the book, we devote a whole section to high quality connections because it's they are so, so important, all right? These are interactions we have with people. They're not a relationship. Mm -hmm. They could become one, but these are just passing texts, Zoom call, um, in-person meeting, uh, walking to your car, you pass people all the time. And those interactions can be deeply humanizing, neutral, or deeply dehumanizing. So if you smile at somebody, that changes you physiologically and mm -hmm. it can change them. Just something as simple as that. Right? These ties or interactions um, energize us and they speak to us about taking action. They light us up. Just think about a conversation you've had with somebody and found out, like, like you and I did when you talked about your journal and I talked about my book and we were just like both getting so excited mm -hmm. and had never met before. You right. know? But it's, it's that interaction there that happens. You, you have a sense of feeling valued and listened to because high quality connections are really composed of four parts. The first one is respectful engagement. Having the person you're talking to 
know that you're paying attention, you know? Even though our brains can take about 300 to 500 words a minute, when you're Italian and speak with your hands, you still can only talk maybe 150. <laughs> so there's a lot of space there for you to be thinking about, okay, I just came from this other meeting. Oh my gosh, I got, I got to prepare for this for the afternoon. What am I going to have for lunch? All these things are going on and it's like, we want to be heard. So mm -hmm. we need to give that gift to other people. So that's part of respectful engagement. The second one is task enabling. Enabling in the English language has a very negative connotation. So I'm going to ask everyone to think of task enabling as helping. It's more than helping, but that's the best way to think about it. It's helping somebody else succeed. Mm -hmm. Give them the tools they need to do their job or do their job well. Help them by um, connecting them with other people, maybe that do similar things that they could learn from. Provide a mentor for them. All right. There's so many things we can do to help each other. In fact, uh, Professor Dutton came up with an infinity symbol because the more grateful we are, the more we give. Mm. Then the more we, more we give, the more grateful we are. And this just goes can go on infinitely. Love it. The third pathway is trust. Something that is so difficult in the workplace. I think of all the pathways. This is the one I personally mm. think is the hardest. But it's being able to be counted on, depended on, that you're going to do and say what you say and do you're going to do. You need to follow up. You need to be completely honest. Um, you need to have that connection so that trust can be built. Because then you and the other person can be the best version of yourself which is what we all aspire to. And believe it or not, the last pathway is play. About eight, 10 years ago, Professor Dutton did some research and found that when people come together with no intended consequence, except to have fun, that's another hardwired connector. Huh. I love it. Oh, I love it when you talk about connections, especially like hardwired in the brain, creates yeah. a pathway. I mm -hmm. love that for yeah. sure. So I have one more question for you before we start wrapping up the show, and it's a real important one. And unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time to spend on it. I probably should have led with this one. But I really want to talk about, you know, the importance of toximity tamers that help tame toxic connections that have a negative impact on working relationships. And 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 I'm actually asking this personally because I've run into a narcissist, right? And so, yeah, it was first and hopefully only I will ever deal with again because it was horrible. But how can someone identify a potentially toxic connection and alternately, how can they identify a high quality connection? Um, all right, so that the thing about toxicity is that we've all experienced it in one form or another. We can all tell stories of things that have happened with people that, you know, you feel it in your gut you're very uncomfortable around that person. Physiologically, you can tell just by how you're reacting to what they either say or how they treat you. That is very, very obvious. Um, and, and a lot of times I tell people to just trust their gut because that's not scientific. Right. But it's like, 
but it's intuitive. Mm -hmm. We can see when someone's disagreeable. We can see when there's a negative Nelly around. We can, you know, um, find other people that, that just want to gossip and make things horrible for some person. And so we really want to see how we can counteract those situations. So I, wa I, I wanna start a movement that I mentioned in the book and it's called positive gossip. I feel like if we spent more time talking about the good in somebody and sharing that with someone else, then we'll have less toxicity. I you agree with you 100%. And if you add the high quality connections on top of that, you're in a dream world, <laughs> you know? And you know when you come into work that it's, it's not work. You get lost in what you're doing because you enjoy it so much. You lose track of time. Yep. You know, the scientific term for that is flow. Yep. It's just, it's, you think about it, a, a child that is outside playing, they don't think about time. They don't think about anything except how they're enjoying what they're doing. They're okay? in the moment. They're in the moment, exactly. And that's what we need to be more consciously aware of because we're all gonna have negatives around us. But finding these tamers to try and help us, you know, limit the contact with we have with them. You know, maybe you have to work with them, but that doesn't mean they're your best friend, you know? And make sure you have a support network of people that have high quality connections. Yes. Absolutely. Because you need to be able to draw on them when you're trying to struggle through a toxic situation. I, man, those are words to live by right there. It's all about your network, isn't it? It certainly is. Absolutely. It certainly is. All right. Well, we're going to move on to our VIP questions real quick, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, so are you ready for these questions? I'm ready. I am ready. <laughs> All right, Mary. If you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Well, first of all, I would say since I talk about interactions so much, to me, it's the three people that have to be there, not the things. As long as you have those people with you, you have your support network. All right. And I thought long and hard about the people I would want to um, have with me. And um, being that I am um, a faithful filled woman, I think I want the Lord with me. I think that's one of the people I would okay. want. <laughs> um, the second one I think would be my dad. Hmm. My dad died young and I, even though I was 30 when he died, I didn't have enough time in my adult life with him. I would love to go back and have conversations with him. And so if he was with me, I could do that. And the third person is actually a very good friend of mine. Her name is Cheryl. And she has opened my eyes to things in ways that I've never thought of before. So she's kind of like a guide for me um, in ways um, I've, you know, I've lived a pretty sheltered life. You know, <laughs> I, was born you. <laughs> in, I was born in Canada. 
My family has always been very strong and very helpful. And so I haven't been exposed to a lot of things that are normal for a lot of people. And she is just helping me to unpack this and learn more about the world as a whole and the cultures and the people and what they like and what they don't like and how to engage with someone that's not like you. Mm. Everybody needs a friend like that for sure. <laughs> okay, one of my favorite questions. What is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? You probably won't be surprised to hear this, but I pray. <laughs> I think it's so important to have that, you know, that quiet time, whether you're meditating, whether you're just clearing your mind, whether you're praying, yeah. I think that's a yeah. very important thing to do in the morning. So, okay, my final question. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? It's a long headline. I'm not sure I can get away with it, but I'm gonna try anyhow. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. She created positive work environments where employees were valued and appreciated. I don't think that's too long. I think that's beautiful. How do people get in touch with you? Oh, the best way to get in touch with me is either to send me a message uh, from my website at dynamicconnectionsllc.com or as, in an email, mary.cecan S is in Sam, E at gmail.com. I love it. Well, Mary, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I just have one last thing to say to you. You are a VIP. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. I appreciate that. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.